0: Hello, Texans. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get right to it here. We have Gene Deckerhoff, a legend. He does Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio and used to do Florida State with Bobby Bowden. He goes way back with the Seminoles, but dropped them a couple of years ago. Steven Adegoke, he is the safeties coach for your Texans, was with D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. Interesting guy, interesting position with Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie. And let's start here. Devin Singletary, John Harris, and I visited with him right after the Carolina game in advance of what is going to go down this weekend with Tampa Bay. You have a big game coming up with Tampa Bay. What about this week? The focus on getting the offense really geared up for this one.
1: Yeah, man. Um, excited to get back to doing you know what we do. You know, making plays. You know, um, executing well and uh, finding a way to get a W. You know, especially coming off a loss. So we are excited.
2: Devin, I've always worried and, and thought about this for running backs. At this point in the season, about halfway through, I don't know, we're coming off a bye week in a game yesterday. How's your body feel? I Man, mean, especially yeah. playing your position, how does yeah. the, the body feel when you wake up on Monday?
1: Uh, some, games, some games better than others. Yeah. You know, um, but for me, you know, after I get a good lift in, that kind of gets all that soreness out. Yeah. So, you know, that helps a lot. Yeah. And uh, midway through the season, I, I feel good. And you need that lift. Yeah, definitely. I got to get that lift in. I'm pretty sure a lot of guys feel the same way. That lift um, brings you back to life. Yeah. All right,
0: we saw some good runs. You ran for 110 yards as a team, but I know you want to do it even better. Mm -hmm. So what's that going to take to get the running game really in full gear to blossom fully as you take on the rest of the schedule here?
1: Yeah, man, this just comes down to the, the smallest little details. You know, if that's communication, you know, um just pointing out the right guy whatever it may be for us as running backs aiming points mm-hmm. just it could be the smallest things that can go turn a four-yard game into a big game or or no game so um just getting on those small details cleaning those up I think that's the biggest thing
2: Devin being around CJ now for the time that you have and you think back to week one and you think now we're going into week nine What's kind of the biggest change that you've seen in him as a rookie quarterback. I know when you were in, you were in Buffalo, Josh was only in his second year. So you kind of saw his growth as well, but how have you seen kind of CJ's growth from week one and week eight and week nine, as we go into Tampa, what what have you seen from him? Yeah, at this point? He
1: just keep blossoming into a, a, a great leader, yeah. you know, from day one and now he's even more vocal and, and leading by example, you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. just taking charge and, you know, guys are following them, you know, for him to be so young, and he, He's doing a great job at that. For is sure. that is that something that that
2: veterans throw right away saying this? Encourage him, like, hey, CJ, like, it, do you have to kind of encourage younger guys to be able to do that, or is it just guys do it naturally, yeah, um, and that kind of um, comes natural to CJ?
1: I think it just depends on the guy. Um, but with CJ, it, it comes natural. Like from day one, he you could tell he he embraced that role, yeah. and um, he just keep finding ways to get better at it, like like he's doing on the field. Yeah. You know, and guys are rallying behind him. Yeah.
0: Surely running the football Devin, how does this system differ from what you were doing in Buffalo when you led the team in rushing last year
1: Yeah um uh probably more outside zone here than mm-hmm. than I did in Buffalo um and just just the way we block things we block things a little differently here mm-hmm. and um yeah those those like the biggest things mm-hmm. you know and but it's been fun, you know, and yeah. uh, we still got so much to go. Like I said, yeah. you know, it's midway through. Got 10 weeks left. Yeah. So um, it's a lot more room for growth. It's Tampa this
2: week. And I know you haven't gotten too much into Tampa. I would imagine maybe you've seen him, maybe not. But just watch him on TV, etc. i always wondered this about running backs. Via via. Mm-hmm.
1: It's
2: a big old boy. We all know yeah. that he is. How conscious are you as a running back of him and where he is? I mean, if it doesn't fall into your read, you know, hey, he's not the guy I'm reading. He's not my read in this particular play. Don't worry about it. Or that guy can be a factor in every run play. I got to be concerned about where he is as a running back.
1: Yeah. Um, guys like that, you definitely, you definitely always keep an eye out. Um, like you said, he might not be my read, but even if I'm not, if I don't see him, I'm, I'm feeling out where he's at. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, guys of that nature, you just, you know... You, I don't say you slow him. That's the best thing you can slow him down because it's Mm -hmm. it's not like you're going to stop him. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's a beast. So you slow him down. And, uh, you know, when you slow him down, you got to make it count.
0: When you're in a pass protection situation, sometimes you don't know who you have to block, right? When the play begins, you're looking for somebody, but then it might be a surprise. i got to pick up a blitzer or whatever. How does all that work as a running back, that dimension of the game, Devin?
1: Yeah, um, you know, first you get the call. You know, depending on the call, it could be a six-man, seven-man pass, or whatever it may be, a slide or a man. And um, so, yeah, when you come out, you want to locate the mic point. You get the mic point, That that does it all for you you know, or or it could be a 5-0, whatever the case may be. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get the call, you know, that's when things start to settle down. You can locate, okay, I'm going from this guy to that guy. Um, but it's, it's not hard at all, especially, you know, once you get a lot of reps at it. Mm-hmm. Devin,
2: was that the one thing when you came into the NFL that was maybe most of the eyebrow raising? Like, oh, my gosh, these protections. Or were your protections in college pretty advanced? Obviously, Lane had you know, run some things uh, in the NFL and then in college. What was kind of the pass protection thing as you came into the league? Was that kind of eye-opening, like, oh, my gosh, this is so different from what I'm used to?
1: No. um, So the the pass pro that I ran in college, it was very similar to what I ran for the Bills. So that helped out a lot. Yeah. You know, um, it was just the speed of the game. Things just happened quicker. That was the biggest thing that I felt like I had to adjust to. Um, But as far as, like, you know, the scheme and knowing what it was, I I was pretty solid with that.
0: Devin Singletary joining us. Okay, so when Monday morning hit, you got the cooler weather, yeah. and it's not quite <laughs> Buffalo, but it's a big departure from what we had. How have you been adjusting to Houston, the climate, and also being in the city, Devin?
1: Yeah, um, the the climate has been lovely. You know, I'm from South Florida, so it, it feels good to be back in some mm-hmm. warm weather. Um, you know, the weather today, I, I don't mind. I feel like it's the perfect weather without yeah. the rain, Yeah, you know. And um, the city of Houston, man, it's – it's fun. You know, it's a lot to do. Um, great food, great people. Um, I'm enjoying myself for sure.
2: Does the cold weather affect the right arm? Is the right arm okay? i just got to <laughs> throw it one
1: more time. Yeah, I don't affect it at all. It don't <laughs> matter what weather we're in. You, you know, know that, game,
2: that game, we Mark and I were calling you Motor because yeah. that's been your nickname. I think a lot of people knew that. But Andre Ware was like, why are y'all calling him Motor. Yeah. So we figured we'd ask you, where did the nickname motor come from?
1: Yeah, so it was it was passed down. You know, my father had it first. Oh, yeah. You know, man. so when I was born, I was a little motor and then um, I started playing ball. You know, I was fast, and I was strong, changed. I never got I yeah. got tired and the name just stuck, you know, from then to now. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's how I got the name. All dude. right. On uh-huh. the touchdown
0: pass you had to Dalton Schultz, we often say that if a running back is given permission to throw the ball. You're throwing the ball no matter what. You're going to try to thread the needle. You're yeah. not going to throw it away. How hard is it to, hey, if it's not there, what do they tell you to do? Throw it away or tuck it under, run with yeah, it? What yeah. would you have done?
1: So if it wasn't there, in my case, I probably would have had to throw it away because the linebacker, had he shot the gap, so he mm. was on me so quick. So if it wasn't there, I would have thrown it away in that case. But yeah. it just depends on, on the situation. You know, I'm going to definitely try to throw the ball, but, you know. If the opportunity presents itself to take off, I'm going to definitely take are, off.
0: Are you the emergency, emergency quarterback?
1: Ooh, yeah. So even if you go to Case <laughs> and then he can't go, is it yeah. you after that? I mean, we haven't talked about it, but, you know, shoot, I'm available, you know. <laughs> so did you have
2: to do paper, rock, scissors to see who's going to throw that ball, or you just clearly have the best arm in the running back room? I got the best arm Not in the running, running back, back room. room. I, figured yeah. I figured you were going <laughs> to say that, but I can see some running backs like, nah, man, I can throw it. Then you watch him throw like, no, nah, no, nah, man, you can't throw. Yeah. You can't throw at all.
1: No, nah, we we didn't have no comp- no competition or anything. You know, they gave me first dibs, and uh, I did good. But if I would have did bad, yeah, yeah. somebody else would have got a shot at it. <laughs> so when you hear that play call coming to
2: the huddle, because I was watching the sideline at that point, and it looked like Damien was coming in the game, and then yeah. I saw I saw DB kind of bringing back, and I thought, okay, this is different. And just kind of looking when you hear that play call in the huddle, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, um, I'm like, here we go. You know, uh, dog came in, he was like, yeah, motor, this the one, let's do it, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just I'm just staying calm. You know, and I'm ready to make something happen. And uh, I felt like the play went in slow motion. Um, For me, it did, at least. Um, But it was fun. I'm I'm glad we executed that. (laughs) That So you're from
0: South Florida, Deerfield Beach. And how many guys are you in touch with who you grew up with down there because you grew up with and played against and with so many different players who went to college and some in the yeah. NFL of course and that area of South Florida and Houston have the most pro football players produced of any major metropolitan area in the country so how do you see it with the friends you grew up with
1: yeah man it's, it's fun we we stay in touch you know when we can um phone calls throughout the week or, you mm-hmm. know every other week whatever it is and um You know stay locked in on seeing each other play you know that's always fun we always rooting for each other you know until we got to play against each other you know if that happens but uh man you know it's fun growing up down there and you make a lot of friends and um you know, I'm rooting for all my guys in the league, for sure.
2: Devin, how many guys did you have on your high school team that ended up playing at either a high-level D1 or made it to the league? And how many guys did you play against where you're like, oh, yeah, I played against that guy as you're watching NFL games mm-hmm. now? Is, is there a it's, pretty good number? Man,
1: it's it's a lot. It's really? a lot of us, um, mm-hmm. especially that went to D1. Yeah. And then it's, it's still a decent amount of us, that you know, that made it to the league, you know, that I, I played against, played with um, on the team, you know what I'm saying, through the years, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's a good amount for sure.
2: When did you When did you know, okay, the NFL is a realistic shot for me. (laughs) When did you know that? Did you have Did you just kind of all the way along, like, yeah, I'm gonna make it to the NFL because you you hear all the stories about, yeah, Yeah. you know, kids nine years old, he knows he's going to the NFL and uh, tops out for him in the Ivy League, like somebody I know. But for you, when did you know? I'm going to the league.
1: Uh, for me, honestly, i say around 6th grade. That's when I knew I'm like – because that's when I really started, like, I was training. yeah, yeah So yeah. I'm training for right. real. You know, running with the sled. I'm, you know, squatting everything. Yeah. And You know, this is in 6th grade. So, <laughs> I'm going to say since 6th grade, that's when I knew, like, all right. And Because, you know, we used to watch TV. I'm like, you know, if this guy can do it, I know I can do yeah, it. That yeah. was always the mindset. Yeah. So, yeah, 6th grade. I got to get to my 5th grader right
0: now and tell him to start <laughs> lifting weights, <laughs> my goodness, pull sleds. Uh Devin, what's the coach's message to the team this week? I know you have the big game plan install coming yeah. up and everything like that. We're ahead of that right now, but what about the message this week heading into week 9?
1: Yeah, um you know, coming off a uh, a tough loss, you know. Um you know that we felt we we left some things out there, especially when it comes to those those details. Um, you know, starting one week at a time, starting this week with Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, you know, let's get back rolling in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Let's lock back in, reset, and, um, you know, make sure we handle what we got handled up. So no matter what, we come out with a win this week. I uh, think that's the biggest thing.
0: All right, well, we're looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Good luck.
1: Oh, yeah, no problem. Appreciate it.
0: All right, there's Devin Singletary, a.k.a. Motor. Next up, Gene Deckerhoff, voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, formerly with Florida State. We'll get into Bobby Bowden and a bunch of other stuff in this conversation. It's the legendary voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Gene Deckerhoff, old friend of mine. Gene, it's so great to have you on. How's it going?
3: Mark, it's going great, except the Bucs are three and four, and we don't have Tom Brady, you know, but uh, (laughs) it's a a brand-new football game, Mark. And, uh, you know, the Bucks are playing decent football. You just can't get that. You just can't get that win. You know, you beat yourself with a penalty. You beat yourself with uh, not converting on third down and short. It's uh, it's just one of those those things, and you, you got to live with it. You look around the league. That's,
0: Mark, there's a lot of a lot of weird stuff happening in the National Football League this year. Crazy stuff. It is weird. Well, let's start there because I feel like almost every team is win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Everybody yeah. feels like they're three and four, four and three. Everybody around five hundred, but that's how they want it, right?
3: Like <laughs> parody I guess is the the key word I heard that so many you know even before I started broadcasting Buccaneer football in 89 I heard parody 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 <laughs> and now and it's beginning to sink in you know uh who would have thought the Buccaneers have lost you know three in a row and the San Francisco 49ers have lost three in a row you know it's apples and oranges I know but uh, who would have thought that it's just phenomenal the way the, the way the season's playing out it looks to me like uh detroit looked pretty good the other night on thursday uh they beat us 20 to 6 uh we're one of the few teams that held them to 20 or less and uh but they they ran the ball right down our throat and uh, you know they got rid of their top two rushes from last year how do they do that but the, detroit looks good philadelphia beat us pretty bad that's our worst loss of the season but uh other than that i mean you know you get a coach fired uh, what seven games into the season i mean good grief
0: yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, give me the theme of this three-game losing streak because you're within one play of beating Buffalo. You're very close yeah. with Atlanta. What's been a theme, if any, to losing three in a row, Gene?
3: Well, the, the Coach Todd Bowles continues to say at his press conference that we have to be better at communicating and then and then obviously executing. Uh, the communication thing is it's not coach speak, but it's something that, that you and I, we, we think communicate. You pick up your phone, you call somebody. But it's, it's communication between linebackers, defensive backs, corners, and safeties. And the loss, to, the loss to Atlanta, Coach Bowles said in his press conference after the game and then in his Monday press conference, and also on Total Access, the radio show that he does on Monday, he said, we had practiced defensively against that play 15 times during the week. We knew they had mm-hmm. it in their arsenal. And we had practiced it, and we, and we, we played it well in practice. And, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts gets so wide open, so uh, you and I could have thrown a pass to him, and it's a 41-yard gain. They had 45 seconds left after we tied the game at, at, at 13-13. And one play, they're ready for a young way, coup field goal. And he doesn't miss many, and uh, that was it. As the horn sounded, he kicked the field goal, and that's the story of that ball game. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'll say this, Mark. The Bucs have had problems with third down and long, I remember last mm-hmm. year with Tom Brady as a quarterback, obviously, less than two seconds he was getting rid of the ball. So you didn't really have many plays where you threw deep with Tom. But now with Mark Baker Mayfield, it's a little different. But uh, last year, we did not convert a single third down and 11 plus. Not a single third. I think we had about 18 attempts. So we were over for 18, third down, 11 plus. This year, the Buccaneers have converted 18%, <laughs> four of them, okay, on third down and 11 plus with Baker. But unfortunately, Opposing teams, and this is this is the wackiest thing that, and I can't put a finger. I don't know if you think Todd Bowles could put a finger. But the the craziest thing is that opponents are converting 43% of third down and 11. The Falcons converted third down and 17. They converted third down and 14. Wow. Uh, so and then then on the other side, uh, you know, it's uh, that's this is the third time the Buccaneers have ever played in Buffalo. Uh, and I'm, I'm, don't get the fiddle out and play, you know, play a sad song for me because it's just mm-hmm. the way football is. But, but at Buffalo, uh, we, 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 we got a rookie offensive guard that commits, you know, two false starts. It's, it's so loud, it's like you're playing in a dome. I, I think we got preparation for the Houston game by playing in front of the <laughs> Bills Mafia this past Thursday night, but, uh, uh, yeah, Cody Malk, a rookie, started since day one. He's a much better guard, but he he jumps the gun twice, and I think he got a holding penalty. Uh, Matt Filer was out in that ball game. He had started the pre the first six games. A uh, 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 a free agent signing of the Bucks, the uh, left guard, and and so Aaron Steady had to come in his first action of the season. So it was a little bit of a patchwork and a rookie playing in a very loud. Uh, atmosphere and making you know rookie mistakes that's why they call them rookie mistakes but uh, to answer your question the uh, defense we we've got to do better on third we, we're last in the league on third down opponents are converting 50 percent on third that's 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 incredible and uh yeah. we, we got to figure that out then we're halfway through the season hopefully we figured out uh in, in the second half mark but uh yeah that's those are the problems uh offensively penalties are drive killers you know that and we commit a penalty here committed a penalty there and and, you know, you only get about 12 possessions a game. Maybe uh, maybe if it's a high-scoring game, maybe 14. But you get 12, and penalties cost you a drive. So if you get two or three penalties on two or three different drives, then you don't have that many opportunities to score points. And that's why, uh, golly, uh, th- th- this offense with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, should be scoring more than 18 points a ballgame. That's just, that's just not really good offense. you got a new offensive coordinator. you got a new quarterback. You can't run the football. That's been a problem with the Bucks even during the Brady era. Uh, but uh, uh, those are the problems, and uh, unless we we figure out how to solve them, uh, we're, uh, you know, those oddsmakers said we're supposed to win six and a half games this year, and uh, we went three of our first four. Those oddsmakers said, "Wow, well we idiots," you know. But yeah. <laughs> now we've lost yeah. three in a row, and and, and, and unlike most most teams, home field advantage is huge. But the Buccaneers seem to, have to play better on the road. Than they do at home I mean we're a foot away from beating the bills on a Hill Mary pass last week uh but mm-hmm. we we played well enough to stay in the ball game and we did the same with, well obviously we beat Minnesota at Minnesota well uh, week yeah. one we beat New Orleans at New Orleans I mean good maybe we have to play a Dome stadiums to win football games I don't know
0: Gene Deckerhoff joining us voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and former voice of the Florida State 7 Gene and I know it hasn't been that long but Tell me something about Bobby Bowden that really stands out to you. Know to you, I know there has to be a ton of stuff, but legendary coach, obviously, and some coaches that I've worked with in the past, sometimes their voice still rings in my head with certain things they used to say or do. What really stands out in your memory about spending time with Bobby Bowden behind the scenes?
3: Well, let me just say this: dadgummit, yeah. <laughs> that was Bobby's credo. And if, if everybody is, uh, I just use one word to describe Bobby. I would say, <laughs> Dad, gummit. Uh Bobby w- would have been 94 years old next Wednesday. In fact, uh, he's uh, 93 and uh, 51 weeks uh, today as we speak. But uh, I talked to his widow, uh, Ann Bowden, uh, a couple of weeks ago. They, they, the ACC Network ran a special on that 1999 championship team, Bobby's second championship at Florida State. His only undefeated team, believe it or not, in his entire career, he had one undefeated team, and that was at 19. 19- 99 team. Oh, by the way, there must have been, I think, was there four or five first round draft picks on that team? Uh, Corey Simon, I know, was the defensive tackle. And uh, Chris Winkie was the quarterback. He was the 28-year-old quarterback that that won the Heisman Trophy the following year. And we dearly miss Bobby. And you know what Mike Novell is doing now? It, it, it replicated what Bobby did. Now, uh, we're, we're undefeated 8 0. I follow the games. I listen to Jeff Colhane and Barnum and Tom Block do the games. I, I've got that app. And so wherever I'm traveling, I, I even listened to the game uh, FSU Syracuse when I was in Munich
0: last year. Gene. I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, and maybe you do, because I would if it were me. Are you the only person ever to call a Super Bowl and a national championship <laughs> for your team as the voice of that team? And I know well, national radio we guys might have done it, but not as yeah, the voice yeah. of, of the team. What are your yeah. thoughts on that?
3: Kevin Harlan's probably done uh, a few of those, but he's a national voice. He does CBS TV and Westwood yeah. won Monday Night Football. That doesn't count and, in this uh, category. No, no, no. I, I, you know, you may be. I know this: that when uh, William Barnum, and Floyd, and I were broadcast partners in the booth, we were the only two uh, college football. We're the only college football broadcast team that had Super Bowl rings. So I know that's mm. a fact. But mm. as far as uh, somebody else, okay, uh, Joe Starkey did the uh, 49ers back in the day. Uh, he still do it, Cal. I, I'm not, he may have stepped down this year because I think Joe's a little older than me. I'm 78 going on 79. Uh, let's see. He did San Francisco 49ers. He did all those great Super Bowls for the 49ers. But right. Cal never, to my knowledge, Cal's never won a national championship. No. They may have back before I was born, but I, I don't think they've ever won one. And then Joe nope. would have been done before I was born anyway. But uh, let's see. Bill Hillgrove does the Pittsburgh Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's done Super Bowls. But the Pitt Panthers last national championship, I think it was under Johnny Majors back. Yeah. Uh, was it Johnny Majors back in the 80s? I think it was. Yeah, he, had, and he, he wasn't doing it. them
0: then. Yeah. So, no, no, uh-uh, no. But anyway, it's, uh, it's rare. And you're certainly the only one who's done two each. Gene, thanks uh, so much. No.
3: All right, Mark, we'll see you Sunday.
0: Always great to visit with Gene Deckerhoff. I used to visit with him when we were in side by side booths when I was at the University of Miami and he was with Florida State. So, I've known the man for a long time. He's a wonderful man in this business and beyond. Now, let's get to Stephen Etogoke, safeties coach for your Texans, former safety, and also worked with D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco as a quality control coach, coaching safeties here. John Harris and I sat down with him. Let's first of all talk about how the adjustment has been coaching with this team after everything you've been through in your career so far.
4: Uh, everything's been smooth. Been a great transition. We have a great group of guys all over the defense, and coaching staffs made this a really smooth transition. And I've just been blessed to be in this position. You got some guys in the back end coach that they got a little bit
2: of attitude. I mean, in a good way. In a good way. In Jimmy and Jalen. Let's start with Jimmy. What has Jimmy brought? the defense that you were in san francisco so you saw him a little bit there but now yeah. you are seeing him here what's what are your thoughts about jimmy and what he's brought to this defense what he's brought to houston i like to say they all play with passion there you go passion. That's, a good, that's a better yeah. word
4: football that's passion word. yeah that's a good uh, word jimmy is a very intelligent football player extremely instinctive uh i think his blood type is football so <laughs> that's good i mean it speaks volumes yeah. to the work he puts in and um just the way he recognizes plays his football awareness is off the charts What about
0: Petrie for a young player, what he's doing so far, and you weren't with him year
4: one of his Mm -hmm. career, but you're with him year two, and what are you seeing in his development? Uh, Jalen is a uh, very, as well, passionate player. Mm -hmm. Um, His energy is contagious, to say the least. I mean, he always has a smile and always a positive mindset. So that that in and of itself, I mean, helps him just get the day started. You come in a room, you're ready to learn – You're ready to embrace your teammates. Like, that's just a great start to your day. So no matter what we install, no matter what we're playing that week, no technique, he's going to approach it with a positive mindset. So that helps you just from the very start. Coach, we've talked to a lot of players. Hey, what's it like to play for D'Amico Ryans? So now we're going to ask coaches, what's it like to coach alongside D'Amico Ryans? D'Amico is a tremendous man, first and foremost. Yeah, man of faith, a guy that I look up to. I admire his work ethic, his passion, not only for football, but for his family as well. So no matter what it is, like family first, right? Yep. And so it makes it easy to come to work and want to work for someone or work along alongside someone like that. Yep. So it's been it's been tremendous.
0: How much of playing safety, Stephen, and Stephen had a go coach with us, how much of playing safety is to stick to exactly what is designed for that defense versus I got to go make a play. And there's a no, 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 yes, good job kind of
4: element to what they do there on the field. Uh, I'd like to say that safety, you have to have a lot of awareness. You have to have formation recognition. And so you recognize a formation. You've seen the tendencies from this formation. So now I'm not just making a guess. I'm making a calculated estimation of what's going to happen. And now I can do it with fundamentals and technique. Mm -hmm. So it's not just going off the rails and doing my own thing. Now I understand the coverage. Where's my strengths? Where are we uh, liable to get you know attacked in this coverage? And now how can I make a play with the within playing the integrity of the call? You've been coaching a number of different spots. You're still a young guy. Have you gotten a 30 yet? No, you're not <laughs> even at a 30. I didn't think so.
2: God dang it, man. Young dudes. Mm-hmm. But you started your coaching career at Florida where you were on a staff and you had a player by the name of John Grenard. So – John Gernard at Florida. John Gernard is a Texan. You've kind of been able to see him at both stops. Coach, what have you seen in kind of
4: the growth of John Gernard in both of those stops? John Gernard and Damian Pierce, both That's right. tremendous, tremendous workers. Yeah. First and foremost, very hardworking individuals. And being around John on the defensive side, I mean, he's a passionate player as well, plays with a physical mindset. And whatever you tell him to do, whatever you ask him to do, He's going to go execute it to the best of his abilities, and it's like just to see his progression so far. Still young in his career, it's been awesome to see. So you used the word passion a few times, which I love. I'm glad you used that. But you've
2: used that, and we've gotten to know those guys over the years, so we we understand that. So when you're looking for players to add, whether it's through waivers, whether it's through trades, etc., and you're looking at that particular player, how much, how important is it for that player to have that
4: passion? To be able to play for your defense, to be able to play for you, we preach effort, physicality. Um, so having passion for the game isn't just about just being a Texan. Like, why do I play football? Right. Why What's am I why? why am I, I yeah. Why am I out here? Yeah. Right. It starts in you know youth ball. Then you get to high school. Then you go to college. You got to make a commitment. This right. off season workout. This. Then you go to NFL, where hey, you know what? That alarm clock. You know, it's up to you whether or not you said it. Yeah. So you have organized team activities and off season, then you get the training camp, and then at least you're guaranteed 17 scheduled games. So now, what's my commitment every week, the off day, right? right that Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday. Mm. Like, why am I doing this? To get better, you know, each and every day, to embrace the culture, right. to bring up the level of play of the guys around me. So, having passion when you do something, it means you're operating with intent. So, each and every day, those are the type of people I want to be around. So, you know, when they wake up, my goal is to be the best version of myself to assist the people around me. So, when you enter a football, uh, let's say a football facility, you're with your guys, like, I know whether or not this guy makes a mistake, he means well. Right. He means his intent is to help the team. So, you can always work with people like that. Yep.
0: Great stuff, Coach. Yeah. Thanks a lot for being with us. Good luck to you. Anytime. Thank you. There's Steven Atagoke, and, and that's the pod. Go to all the other pods wherever you got this one. Be sure to subscribe to whatever you can possibly subscribe to. Have a great weekend. Great day. Go Texans.